It's the Y'all Show back on a Thursday. Hello there, John Rawl. Glad you could join us here on the official first day of summer. It's the summertime. Welcome to Y'all in our premiere week. It's the summer solstice. And what in the world is that? The Earth's axis. Think of, of it as an invisible pole that the Earth spins on. It's tilted rather than perfectly upright. And this tilt always points the same direction. And as the Earth orbits the sun, different parts of the planet receive more sunlight. Thus, our seasons, winter, spring, summer, and fall. And today is your summer solstice and the first day of summer. All right. And we're back at it here on the Y'all Show. We've got a big show planned today, our Festive South tribute, where we look at festivals across the region. We're going to be talking to a great festival, uh, talking about a great festival coming up this weekend on the coast of North Carolina, the 58th annual Beaufort, North Carolina Old Homes Tour. Patricia Suggs from Beaufort will be chatting with us later this hour about this great event. 58 years now there on the coast of North Carolina, the Emerald Coast of the Tar Heel State. Next hour, we'll be talking about books, some new books out there that most have a southern theme. We'll tell you all about it. And believe it or not, it's almost time for SEC football to get kicked off. Just two months now, we'll be up and going. And Ryan Fowler from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, he's the host of the afternoon show on the local sports station, Tide 102.9. He's going to come on and talk about the Crimson Tide, but he's also going to give us a good dose of information about the entire Southeastern Conference and the latest developments in the SEC, including the hiring of Jeremy Pruitt in Knoxville, who was with the Alabama staff in 2017. Now he goes to Rocky Top, and we will see what's going on with the Vols and get Ryan's take on his rival team there in the state of Tennessee. Speaking of Tennessee, some sad news coming from Rocky Top. As longtime play-by-play voice for Tennessee, John Ward passed away. He had been the voice of Tennessee radio for many, many decades, and he died at the age of 87. Uh, he was the voice of the Vols in his familiar call of Touchdown Tennessee, a, a, a cherished moment for many, many fans of the Big Orange, and he passed away. He graduated from Tennessee with a law degree back in 1954, and he called his first Vols basketball game four years later. He took over basketball play-by-play duties for the Vol Network in 1965, no, rather 1965, and followed by football in 68, and he had a couple of trademark phrases. It's football time in Tennessee. Give him six. And maybe one of his most famous ones, touchdown, big orange. Ward called Tennessee's football national championship season back in 1998 and retired following the subsequent basketball season. He was replaced in the booth by Bob Kessling, who remains in that position as of today. John Ward, voice of the Tennessee Vols for many, many decades, dies at the age of 87. Now, country music star Kenny Chesney was a big fan of Ward, and, of course, he's a big fan of the Tennessee Vols. Back when John retired 20 years ago, Chesney did something a little unusual. He went into the recording studio and recorded a tribute to John Ward, and we're going to play a portion of that right now on the Y'all Show so you can hear what the influence of John Ward had 
on Kenny Chesney, who was really just getting started in country music 20 years ago, but the retirement of John Ward struck him, and he had this song out called Touchdown Tennessee. Here's Kenny Chesney and a tribute to the voice of the Vols. Holloway rolling out this way. Needs a block. Holloway looking. Holloway will run. Holloway at the 10. Holloway at the 5. Holloway dive. Back is Kelly. The score 22 to 17. The dive. Touchdown. Big orange in the Superdome. With a voice you could hear all the way to Rocky Top. Play by play for 31 years, it never stopped And we heard 2015, 10 and 5 Your voice was our eyes and we could see Touchdown Tennessee It is golf, pulling it down at the 6th, golf 10, 15, 20, golf outside 25, golf 30, golf 35, golf 40, golf 45, 50 45, And that's Kenny Chesney again with the song Touchdown Tennessee, it was out about 20 years ago as a tribute to John Ward and again the voice of the Vols dying at the age of 87. Another passage from the state of Tennessee we want to pass along. We saw in the news over the weekend that a U.S. Navy uh, sailor died in over in Africa and we now know that that was U.S. Navy Petty Officer First Class Matthew Holzemer and he was from Nashville and he died in Djibouti there in Africa and what's called a non-combat related incident. So we want to keep his family in our thoughts and prayers as his death was announced this week from the Pentagon, a soldier, a sailor rather, from the volunteer state. You know, Tennessee is the volunteer state. They, they don't just have a football team. They've had generations of Tennesseans sign up for the military and that's how that name came about. And here we have a sailor dying in service to his country in what they call a non-combat related incident. Now in a, another event we want to tell you about uh, some uh, tragic news from Georgia and this just stresses how in the now that we're in summer officially as of today please be careful folks the death toll across the country now has reached 15 for children left in hot cars in Kingsland Georgia down on the coast of the Empire State a child was left in a hot car and died, seven-month-old, died there in Kingsland. And it was just another tragedy in this town right on I-95 in southeast Georgia. And as we said, 15 deaths so far in 11 states, most all in the south, by the way. And the information I want to pass along to you, just in case you don't know this. All right, so here in late June, temperatures often reach 90, 95 degrees. Well, if it's 90 degrees outside, inside a car, if you are in there for 10 minutes, the temperature rises to 109 minutes. And if it's 90 degrees outside and you are in there for 30 minutes, the temp rises to 120, 124. If it's 95 degrees outside, a car temperature inside for 10 minutes is 114. For 30 minutes, 129 degrees. So please do not leave your kids, do not leave your pets in the car. We've seen deaths in just about every southern state thus far in 2018, and it is a tragedy from Texas to Florida up to Virginia. 
we uh, just need to make sure we do the right thing and do not leave children and pets in cars. A bizarre death in the state of Arkansas on the Spring River. A boater dies after a sinkhole creates a whirlpool on the Spring River. This is in North Arkansas where you'll find this beautiful place. And I encourage you to go to North Arkansas sometime and check it out. Uh, the, the, boat, the boater died at the bed of the river and it was a whirlpool created. And Donald Wright, age 64, from Searcy, Arkansas, was uh, trapped, and, and the sinkhole opened and formed the whirlpool Saturday afternoons, Saturday afternoon, and it was just a very, very bad thing. He was in a kayak, uh, I think, and when this happened, but uh, a whirlpool creates a sinkhole, and this boater dies in North Arkansas. From the state of Alabama, this is a little bit weird. An Alabama college student from Alabama, of course, uh, he was from North Alabama, I think from Huntsville. He's been sentenced to 15 years in federal prison for ISIS, for an ISIS bombing plot. Aziz Syed, a former Huntsville student, was sentenced to 15 years in prison for gathering bomb-making materials and planning to blow up a police building on behalf of the Islamic State group. The student, 23, pleaded guilty earlier this year to the federal crime attempting to provide material support or resources to ISIS, a designated foreign terrorist organization. U.S. District Judge told the student, I'm sorry about the path. Uh, I'm sorry. Syed told the U.S. District Judge, quote, I'm sorry about the path I've taken. I don't know what else to say, Your Honor. So he'll go off to prison after an ISIS bombing plot. In Louisiana, this is a little weird. Alligators are common in Louisiana, of course. They even like to uh, cook them up Cajun style, serve them. Well, there's been a lot more sightings of alligators in places you shouldn't expect to see alligators. On the North Shore in Slidell, uh, some videos come out of an alligator taking a nice swim in someone's swimming pool. And that was not a good sighting for the homeowner when they found that. And it was a Mandeville homeowner that said that they found that in the pool and they were very uh, alarmed by the sight. And the homeowner, Jay Jenkins, said, these gators, they're not afraid of you at all. I don't know if it's because of the weather that we've seen across most of the south in the last few months with a lot of rain, but I think that's kind of stirred up Mother Nature to some degree, and you're seeing animals, <laughs> and, and it's not just alligators. Uh, snakes, yes, a lot more snake sightings this year, I think, across the southeast. These animals are not knowing what to do. I guess it could be global warming uh, if there's such a thing. But, yes, watch out for gators, snakes, spiders, whatever is out there creepy that uh, Mike can get you. It's that time of year now that we're into summertime officially. And finally, on the southern front, we want to tell you a story coming from Charleston, South Carolina. Charleston, which many people say that Charleston – most blacks in this country can trace, 80% of the blacks in this country can trace at least one ancestor to having come through the port of Charleston as a slave. They're building an international slave museum right now in the Charleston area. And Charleston, the city of Charleston, that is, on Wednesday passed a ordinance, I guess you could call it, uh, an official apology the city council voted 7-5 to condemn slavery and offered that 
to the public. Charleston City Hall actually was built by slaves to kind of tell you about. And that's hard to, to, to fathom since the city of Charleston was shelled during the Civil War. But I guess City Hall survived. So they had this resolution. They adopted it on the anniversary of Juneteenth, which is a anniversary that's getting a little bit more traction across the country, signifying when slaves in Galveston, Texas, found out that slavery or the Civil War ended and soon slavery was officially abolished in the country. But in Charleston, South Carolina, they have officially approved a resolution, and it was a 7-5 vote, and it was very divisive, the vote, to have this formal resolution apologizing for slavery for, quote, its role in regulating, supporting, and fostering slavery and the resulting atrocities inflicted. Now, Charleston does this, and there's been a long talk and a long for a long time about should the United States apologize for slavery? And I'm, I'm a guy who loves history, and I know that slavery was a bad thing. But see, slavery goes back to the beginning of the world. I mean, we know about it from the earliest days of mankind. It's a terrible thing. But it's been going on forever, and I, I don't like to see cities like Charleston do things like this, I feel, to get attention. It, it's, it's not going to solve anything, and it's not Charleston alone in the world that, that had slavery. Every, every part of the world had slavery. And sadly, slavery still exists in some forms out there. We know about sex slavery here in this country. It's a terrible thing. We all can agree on that. But what, what this does in Charleston is open up the possibility of this gaining more traction and more cities and every, every local school board or whatever may start doing this kind of stuff, I feel, to get attention. And another thing out there that's been long discussed is reparations. I mean, there are some people who believe that if you're a descendant of slaves, you should get money for being a slave descendant. Well, here's the issue with that that I have, it's going to be almost impossible to prove your direct ancestry, names, census information, and all that. I mean, it's hard for some people who don't follow history to know this, but slaves were basically treated not as humans, but as, as property. They were property. And so the the record keeping was was actually pretty good, but it wasn't as detailed as you need to be able to prove that. Plus, we've had a lot of people come to this country that are descendants of slaves, but they weren't descendants of slaves in the United States. They came from Caribbean countries, and it's not our responsibility as Americans to to pay for the sins of other countries. And let me also throw this in there before we go to break. As I said, slavery was something that had been going on a long time and since the beginning of man, and we here in the South, we catch a we get a lot of lot of abuse for being a slave-holding region, okay? Don't forget that the original 13 colonies of this country all had slavery, every one of them. In fact, Rhode Island has a official name of where the word plantation is in their official state name, okay? So every state was guilty, but this is what I want to drive home. Remember, this country and this region was not created by Southerners. It was created by Europeans. And so every European power of that era, Great Britain, France, Spain, they all were part of the slave trade. They were all recipients of slavery. So 
I don't like to see Europeans bash the South for what we did here when it was their own people that originally brought them here. And remember, the Confederate States did not import one slave. They couldn't import them. They couldn't import them anyway because they had a blockade. But going back years before the Civil War, the importation of slavery of slaves had been abolished. And so it was in some ways dying out anyway, or it would have died out. Uh, and, and again, this is why people write books, and this is why slavery and the Civil War continues to be a subject in 2018 that people get rattled about, uh, and, 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 it, and it creates talk, and it cre- creates discussion, and I'm okay with that. I want people to know good, bad, and different what happened in the past, whether it's about Civil War, slavery, about the formation of the country, the uh, Indians, Good, bad. I mean, we, we did some terrible things as a region and a country to the Indians, shipping them to Oklahoma for the most part. Lots died, travel tears. We can talk about all that here on the Y'all Show. But uh, even sla- even Indians had slaves. They, had, they, they enslaved each other. In fact, in the early part of the colonies, there were Indian tribes that were slaves of the European settlers. That's right. Your, Indians were slaves to the colonial colonials, uh, it, very confusing, very complex, and we're just going to talk about it all here on the Y'all Show, just getting it out. But today, Charleston, South Carolina feels slightly better. They're, the leadership of Charleston, and I'm very attached to Charleston. It was, It's one of my towns, okay? I went to college there. I love Charleston, but this is crazy. And they have a white mayor, by the way. This is a city that has seen gentrification. There are parts of the city of Charleston that there was no white person living in 15, 20 years ago that have now gentrification has caused it to flip over. So I don't know the breakdown of the city council's race, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was a majority white city council in Charleston. And again, this gets attention because it's Charleston, but it's also a city that in 2015 saw the absolute murder of nine innocent people in uh, Emmanuel Church there in downtown Charleston. A tragedy, horrible. I, I'm embarrassed that it happened. Unfortunately, we've seen too many killings like this since 2015, for whatever reason. I, I think in Charleston it was a wacko. I think that's pretty pretty evident. But we've seen other wackos do just as bad and gruesome stuff since that time. And unfortunately, I think we're going to see even more. And uh, as we go forward, I hope not. We all can pray and hope that it doesn't happen. But uh, whenever someone's got it in their head to do something, it's it's pretty hard to stop them. It really is, especially this kid uh, in 2015 roof down there in South Carolina. He 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 came from a good family. The the guy really did. His grandfather was a, a lawyer, and he he had a nice house growing up. It's not like he was out on his own. I mean, he had a family that that did care for him. He was just a, I I can't think of a better word, a loner, weirdo, loser. And he did that, and I hate it. But uh, we've seen uh, other tragedies throughout the years, and uh, they're all all terrible. But anyway, Charleston, South Carolina, apologizing for their role in slavery. And will this lead to more cities across the region trying to mimic what happened in the holy city? We'll, we'll tell you all about it. All right, here on the Y'all Show, we're going to switch gears. And when we come back, 
hey, it is summertime, and that means more and more options for you to get outside and do stuff, and there's some festivals going on. We'll tell you about a few that are coming up this weekend that you don't want to miss. And then before we get out of here for this hour, we're going to be joined by Beaufort, North Carolina's Patricia Suggs, and she'll tell us all about the 58th annual Beaufort Old Homes Tour that's coming up this weekend. If you want to get away to the coast of North Carolina, this is your chance. We'll tell you all about it on the Y'all Show. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirabet on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Reese and Irvy's here, the world's first and only frozen yogurt and ice cream dispensing robot franchise. Today, we're talking with Peter Shapiro, one of our 235 national franchisees. What drew you to starting a Reese and Irvy's franchise? You know, I immediately saw the potential behind the technology. Interactive touchscreen ordering, customized flavor combinations, robotic delivery, music and animation. What excites you about the potential of your Reese and Irvy's franchise? It's the support and value we see from recent Irvies, from marketing, training, securing high traffic locations such as malls and universities to logistic support. They've just made it easy. Would you recommend a recent Irvies franchise to others? Absolutely. Look, I now own a business that drives revenue 24 seven with no employees or additional labor. Would I recommend one? I already have. Interested in a recent Irvies franchise of your own? Simply go to FroyoFranchising.com and enter promo code 3636 to learn more. That's FroyoFranchising.com, promo code 3636. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I feel like a whole new person. Disclaimer, you will not become a whole new person. This is impossible. You might be able to join a gym or diet program, buy a new wardrobe, get hair implants, but your DNA and physical form will remain the same. GEICO waives any and all liability if you attempt to become a new person, except a cyborg. If you choose to become a half-human, half-cybernetic organism with lasers for eyes, the GEICO legal team would be cool with that, because, quote, laser eyes are pretty sweet. Pew, 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 end quote. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. The Y'all Show on a Thursday, the first day of summer, back with you. John Rawl, thanking you for being along with us. If you want to reach out to us, a couple of ways to do that. Our number, 803-816-1170. You can follow us on Twitter, and we need that. We want to build our Twitter audience up as much as possible. Tweet at us, at Y'all Show, at Y-A-L-L-S-H-O-W. Also, hashtag Y'all Show if you want to. Reach out to us and share your thoughts, suggestions. We're looking for guests. We're looking for ideas. We we need it all here on the Y'all Show. Our email, y'allshow at y'all.com. Y-A-L-L-S-H-O-W at Y-A-L-L dot com. Well, it is summertime now, and we are ready to get out and see what's going on across the southeast. We're now introducing a segment here on the show called Festive South. 
And Festive South is a segment that we're glad to present to you that's going to tell you about festivals going on across the region and how you can take part in them. And then when we can, we'll interview people from these festivals and give you a better sense of, of what that entails. And if you are close enough to the festival and if time permits and your schedule permits, we want to convince you to go check out these festivals as they're going on. We're going to have Beaufort, North Carolina's Patricia Suggs coming up in the next segment telling us about this weekend's Beaufort Old Homes Tour, 58th annual event there on the coast of North Carolina. That's coming up in the next segment, so hang on for that. But right now, if you're not able to go to Beaufort, which is a long way for some of you, I want to tell you about a few other things going on. Down in Destin, Florida at the Sandestin Resort, they've got the Emerald Coast Blue Marlin Classic at Sandestin, and this takes place every June off the coast of Florida, and it is a great thing to give you a world-class million-dollar sport fishing tournament. And this is time to coincide with the peak of the Gulf Coast Blue Marlin season. An awesome thing going on there uh, in uh, the coast of Florida. Uh, Walton County, I think, is technically where Sandestin is. If you want more info and ticket prices, visit fishecbc.com. Fishecbc.com. The Emerald Coast Blue Marlin Classic going on right now. Uh, Check it out down in Sandestin or if you have friends down there, tell them to bring you back a souvenir. Blue Marlin season is upon us on the Emerald Coast. In Virginia, this weekend, the Bayou Boogaloo going on. It's the Bayou Boogaloo Music and Cajun Food Festival in Norfolk. It's an annual love fest with New Orleans' vibrant spirit and captures the melting pot of Bayou culture. So a taste of Louisiana along the shore of the Old Dominion State. Festival goers can get a real treat as they have the opportunity to feast on fresh crawfish, jambalaya, gumbo, etouffee, alligator, and beignets. Somebody book me a plane ticket right now to Norfolk. I want to go to the Bayou Boogaloo going on this weekend. Daily admission starts at $15. Three-day passes, $30. For more information, visit festevents.org the Bayou Boogaloo in Norfolk. In Athens, Georgia this weekend, the 22nd annual AthFest Music and Arts Festival. And this is the home of REM, also Athens' home of a certain SEC superpower known as the University of Georgia. This three-day weekend is filled with fabulous music, music and it's got art as well to go along with it in downtown Athens, a lovely place there in Clark County, Georgia. AthFest educates uh, all about what's going on in music and arts in the area. you got to have a ticket, but the outdoor stages are free for all. For more, go to AthFest.com. Go check out what's going on in the classic city of Athens, Georgia. This weekend in Austin, Texas, another neat place, but a weird place, and they take pride in that, by the way. This weekend is the Fun Stop 5K and Fest in Austin, the capital of Texas. This was formerly known as Keep Austin Weird Fest and 5K. This is going to be a 5K that embraces the weirdness that defines Austin. And it has live music, food, a costume contest, a 5K, and more. Tickets are $30 for adults. For more, go to funstop5k.com. And finally, not 
too far from Norfolk. Next weekend, I want to tell you about something going on in Virginia Beach. It'll be the Sandstock, a tribute to rock and roll that's going on, and it's a tribute to rock and roll that is kind of a beach-inspired variation of Woodstock. So that's next weekend. Go ahead and put it on your calendar. If you don't get to Norfolk, go to Virginia. In fact, stay there all week long, I guess, if you're looking for something to do. Go over to the coast of uh, Virginia and check out the different festivals going along there. I haven't been. I'll be honest with you. I've been through Virginia many times. I have yet to go to Virginia Beach, and I don't know what to expect. Maybe you all could tell me how how good that area of Virginia is. It it it's it's like some places in the South. You kind of kind of have to want to go there because it is a little bit off the e, uh, beaten path of the Eastern Seaboard corridor. Let's say you want to go from popular cities like Washington to Florida. Well, I-95 doesn't exactly swing through Virginia Beach. It's more of an inland route. And so you have to almost be wanting to go to that little area of Virginia to check it out. A lot of military personnel live and their family in the, the Tidewater area of Virginia. All right, not far down the Atlantic seaboard from Virginia, you'll find the Emerald Coast of North Carolina. On the other side of this break, come back with us. We'll be joined by the 58th Annual Beaufort, North Carolina Old Home Tour spokesperson Patricia Suggs, and she'll tell us all about the exciting event going on there this weekend. You don't want to miss it. The Y'all Show returns after this timeout. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirabit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Reese and Irvy's here, the world's first and only frozen yogurt and ice cream dispensing robot franchise. Today, we're talking with Peter Shapiro, one of our 235 national franchisees. What drew you to starting a Reese and Irvy's franchise? You know, I immediately saw the potential behind the technology. Interactive touchscreen ordering, customized flavor combinations, robotic delivery, music and animation. What excites you about the potential of your Reese and Irvy's franchise? It's the support and value we see from recent Irvies, from marketing, training, securing high traffic locations such as malls and universities to logistic support. They've just made it easy. Would you recommend a recent Irvies franchise to others? Absolutely. Look, I now own a business that drives revenue 24 seven with no employees or additional labor. Would I recommend one? I already have. Interested in a recent Irvies franchise of your own? Simply go to FroyoFranchising.com and enter promo code 3636 to learn more. That's FroyoFranchising.com, promo code 3636. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I feel like a whole new person. Disclaimer, you will not become a whole new person. This is impossible. You might be able to join a gym or diet program, buy a new wardrobe, get hair implants, but your DNA and physical form will remain the same. GEICO waives any and all liability if you attempt to become a new person, except a cyborg. If you choose to become a half-human, half-cybernetic organism with lasers for eyes, the GEICO legal team would be cool with that, because, quote, laser eyes are pretty sweet. Pew, 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 end quote. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
and welcome back to the Y'all Show, talking all things Southern. And here in the South, we have such a special collection of great states, cities, areas of states. And we have great mountains, we have great beaches, and we've got all the other areas in between. And we're glad that you have joined us here on the first day of summer. And when it comes summertime, hey, you got to go to the beach. And if you haven't been to the beach yet, well, this is a good time to go. And if you go to coastal North Carolina this weekend, then you're going to have more than a beach to pick in your choices. You'll have a chance to take part in the 58th annual Old Home and Gardens Tour going on in Beaufort, North Carolina. Now, I'm a, I'm a Carolina native, okay? So for those who aren't Carolinians, it's maybe a little bit of a challenge to understand the North and the South Carolina. And then you, you get past that part, then you've got within North and South Carolina, you've got at least one uh, deal where there's a town that's in both North and South Carolina. I'm talking Greenville, North Carolina and Greenville, South Carolina. And there's been many a folk confused <laughs> and go to the wrong place. And on top of that, there's a town with the same spelling in North Carolina and the same town with the spelling in South Carolina, but it's not pronounced the same. And right now we're going to go to Beaufort. The South Carolina town is called Beaufort. And we're going to go to Beaufort. And we're joined now by Patricia Suggs, who's going to tell us about the old homes tour and garden tour going on this weekend. Hello, Patricia. How's everything in Beaufort? It's great. It's so funny that you, you're talking about Beaufort and Beaufort because <laughs> um, we actually we had visiting authors this year on top of all the old home store, and the publisher from Simon and Schuster ended up in Beaufort, not Beaufort. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what happens in Greenville because Greenville, North well, Carolina. No, it, it happens that way here, too. But Greenville, we're glad North. she made it to Beaufort, and ours is French, so Beaufort. Yeah, Greenville um, NC and Greenville SC are pretty big towns. Now, Beaufort and Beaufort, are. Beaufort and Beaufort are much smaller, but it's amazing that but people get to But they're very similar with the historic buildings and homes. Um, so, anyway, we're ready almost. Oh, but tomorrow okay. will be the start of our 58th annual Old Homes Tour, and we've got 13 private homes on the tour this year and 10 gardens and as well as nine art studios w with artists. Um, and then we also have the historic churches and, our, and the town's old burial ground, and all of them will be with docents or guides to show you around. Okay. But it's a completely self-paced tour. You take the tour on your own, and you can go eat lunch, relax, do half the tour on Friday, half the tour on Saturday, any way you want to do it. Hmm. Well, if you are listening to this interview, you're not really familiar with Beaufort or where it's located in North Carolina North Carolina has a very large coastline, okay? And so if you know where Wilmington is down in the southern part of the coast of North Carolina, and if you know where the Outer Banks are sort of toward the top of the coastline, 
I would say Beaufort is, would you say middle, midways along the coast? It is midway between the two. Okay. And the interesting thing about Beaufort and the reason all these old houses were saved is that for many, many years, the town was only accessible by water. So um, basically, we were on the superhighway of ocean travel, but getting here by car or train or anything was very difficult. Yeah. So that's that's one of the important reasons that Beaufort's been saved, and also the reason that so many of the houses here that had that Bahamian or West Indian influence. Well, it's a really neat thing to see, and, and i got to give you all a lot of credit. I should say y'all on this show at least. I got to give y'all. y'all. I, I use guys. I got to give you guys a lot of credit here because <laughs> it's tough to maintain historic homes anywhere. But my goodness, Beaufort is on the coast of North Carolina, which I feel sorry for you. Coastal North Carolina gets hammered by more hurricanes than any other area of the country, I think. So how have you been well, able to to withstand honestly, all this? we do. And one of our best houses that we own. Um, was basically had huge damage by, by three hurricanes that were one right after the other. It was Hurricane Dennis that came in once, then it circled back around, came in again, and then Hurricane uh, Floyd. Mm. So if you can imagine, but the good thing about it when we started doing all the repair work um we quickly found that there was all this intricate historic decorative paint in the home so we did a major restoration at that point so sometimes hurricanes can bring good things yes they have i withstood hurricane hugo in 89 and i can tell you it, it actually did a lot more it, it was terrible to, to, to experience it but it's amazing how things get cleaned up as a result of hurricanes. We're talking mm -hmm. with Patricia Suggs. She's representing the 58th Old Homes and Gardens Tour going on this weekend in Beaufort, North Carolina, on the crystal coast of North Carolina, a beautiful part of our region. And check it out. I've got to ask, Patricia, what is the oldest home that people can witness this weekend? Um, it is circa 1730. And it's amazing what the people have done to keep it part of that era. So, um, and they, they have, it's new owners and they have taken painstaking care to make sure the old hand plane doors are still the same and the floors. Now they have added a new, a new retro um, refrigerator and a new oven. But other than that, it's, pretty pristine to see the way it would have been 1730 of course that's long before we became a country even and uh that was right. a great thing now you work with what's called the beaufort historic site tell us what that is well we have two acres and we're in the very center of the national registered His historic district of the town mm -hmm. and we own 14 old buildings so you can imagine the financial impact of owning that many buildings that need repair at all times but they range in ages from 
1778 up to 1854, including an old jail, uh, the oldest wood frame courthouse in the state, um, and and we even own a 1968 English double-decker bus that mm-hmm. we do tours of the town. And I think you even did a tour when you were here. I did. I got a chance yeah. to go to Beaufort and nearby Moorhead City. In fact, what, what separates Beaufort and Moorhead City? I know it's some water in there. What is that? It is. It's um, The intercoastal waterway is actually what separates it. Okay. And um, our waterfront here in town is gorgeous and so we get many boats that are traveling up and down the waterway. Yes. I'm telling you, you're hitting two of the things most dear to me this weekend. You've got a beach, which who doesn't like a beach, and beautiful homes. Now, the, the, the big question here, if you're able to get to the 58th annual Old Homes and Garden Tour going on in Beaufort, what about food? What can we eat while we're in Beaufort? <laughs> well... One thing about the tour that's always been a great thing, it's a time of community involvement. Mm-hmm. And the churches um, in town, they have their own fundraisers with women. Um, the women's groups of the churches have a luncheon at the Episcopal Church and then at the um, Methodist Church. I, I'm not sure if they're doing it this year, but they have homemade ice cream and then um, the Baptist Church, the youth do a hot dog lunch. They're cooking hot dogs outside, and then you can go into their parish hall and eat hot dogs, hamburgers, that kind of thing. Sounds good. And then and I... we've got plenty of restaurants that are open. Yes. We even have a new uh, brew pub right here in town. Ah. So you can get beer right across the street from us. Yes. And again, Moorhead City is a stone's throw from Beaufort, which is, a, I think, a little bit bigger town, right? It is a little bit bigger. Okay. So if you if you can't find it in Beaufort, I promise you, you'll find it somewhere right along there on the Crystal or Coast. Or Atlantic Beach also. So we're like a little triangle. Mm-hmm. And then we also have the boats that take you out uh, to Cape Lookout National Seashore. Mm-hmm. And again, so this there's- is... This is Plenty the, to see and do. This is a the fifty eighth annual tour. I can't stress that enough. I mean that's a that's a long time to be putting on a, a homes and garden tour. Well, and someone recently told me that it is the longest running tour in the state. Hmm. And North Carolina is not a small state, so <laughs> No. And there's a lot of historic towns too. Yes, yes. And again, having homes from the 18th century there as part of your tour and withstanding the uh, the onslaught of hurricanes. You survived the Civil War, which was, uh, you had some that ba- battles right there. That was a big right deal. Th- yes. So, we gave up right away, so that's what saved the town also. Okay. Well, there the, the Confederacy's demise was Beaufort's gain from a home standpoint, so good job there, I guess. Uh, anything else we need to know about when we come to Beaufort this weekend? Well, just come and enjoy. The The biggest thing is to know the sense of hospitality here. Mm-hmm. And if you come there, let's say by air, is it New Bern that people still come to from a passenger standpoint? Uh, it is. Okay. So that's, um, we have Delta and American Airlines that flies in there. Okay. New Bern, North Carolina, what is that, 45 minutes away? It's, it's about 45 minutes. And okay. then 
if you're if you're coming by private plane, there's an airport right here in town. Yeah, I won't be coming by private plane, but I'd like to. And for maybe some of our listeners, we uh, you can you can swing that. It Beaufort's way out there, so it is a little bit of a haul for most of you. But in it's, Met- it's definitely worth a visit. Oh yeah, anything near a beach is worth it, and it's a beautiful drive and. And even the drive from Newburn to Beaufort, if you fly into Newburn, it's it's a really neat drive and a, a, a special part. Again, maybe a place that doesn't get as much attention as the Myrtle Beaches or Panama Cities of the world. But I'm telling you, if you're looking for a good family vacation, if you're looking to go maybe in the non-peak times of year, beyond the summertime, just for a good getaway, Beaufort and the Crystal Coast, a terrific option for you. And Patricia... We can't thank you enough for taking a little time out to come and talk about this weekend's 58th Beaufort Annual Old Homes and Gardens Tour. And we don't want to leave out the gardens because that's another aspect you got, too. Oh, and they are gorgeous this year. I mean, the bad thing we've had, the bad thing and the good thing, we've had a lot of rain Mm -hmm. in the past month, and the gardens are just incredible right now. All right. And you do have, you don't have any mosquitoes in Beaufort, right? Oh, none. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay, because if you're talking about gardens and the heat, and, and you have like perfect 72-degree uh, temperatures there during the afternoon, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe in the middle of night. <laughs> <laughs> well. Because like you said, it is the first day of summer. I'm yes. like, oh, you're right. <laughs> yes, but it's still a, a terrific feat there for you and your folks there in Beaufort to keep this tour going, and we encourage everybody to do it. What, what's the website? people can go to to learn more uh org. all right patricia thank you for taking time to come on and talk about this weekend's tour in beaufort well you're welcome and thank you so much again all right well I, i'm looking forward to it and we wish you all the best with this week's tour here in our festive south portion of the y'all show Well, that'll put a wrap on hour one of today's show. Hang on. When we come back in hour two, we're going to introduce a new feature called Buy the Book and look at some of the new offerings from Southern authors and books about the South. That'll be the first part of hour two. And then, hey, Alabama Crimson Tide, your defending national champ. Well, we're going to go to Tuscaloosa and talk to Ryan Fowler of the game, the afternoon sports show there in T-Town. And he's going to come on and talk about the SEC And he'll talk about that defending national champion team called Alabama. All of that in hour two of today's Y'all Show with John Rawl. We'll see you in hour two. Hang on. up with me on a roller coaster well we do have a lot of fun maybe we should stay together an emotional roller coaster surprising what's not surprising how much you could save by switching to geico i just need a little me time geico 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more i love my family but last week mm, not so much they blew through our shared data Again. Then we switched to Boost and got unlimited gigs, plus 20 gigs of mobile hotspot on each line for the whole family. 
<laughs> for a great price. So now I love them all again. We just needed a switch. Switch to Boost and get three lines with unlimited gigs for just $100 a month and 20 gigs of mobile hotspot on each line. Plus, get up to three free phones, all on a super reliable, super fast nationwide network. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 831.18. First line's $100 a month. Lines 2 and 3 are $0 a month. Requires one line to port in. Line includes unlimited talk, text, and data. Video streams optimized at up to 480p+. Music at up to 500 gigabits per second. Gaming at up to 2 megabits per second. Data deprioritization during congestion. Free phones require port in and activation on plans $50 or higher. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. What do you hear? Most people just hear an engine. We hear a 6.2-liter Hemi V8 with a supercharger that accelerates so fast, it'll suck the air out of your lungs and knock you back in your seat like you're an astronaut in a rocket ship hurtling through the stratosphere. But then again, we're not most people. We're the brotherhood of muscle. Dodge. Domestic. Not domesticated. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, couch purring, bed leaping, and of course, companionship. Wonderful. And what breed would you say Nico is? I'd have to go with a tabbyish Persian kind of mix. Tremendous cat. I'd also like to point out her coat's wonderful mix of colors. Is it black, gray, gray, black, brown? Somewhere in between. Indeed. You know, it's always special when we get to see a cat like this. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And how she's so incredibly cute in her indifference to commands. A strong-willed feline. Ah, and see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. I know. Fantastic cat. Fantastic indeed. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit the shelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. And welcome back into Hour 2 of the Y'all Show with John Rawl on a Thursday. Glad that you've taken time to be a part of our exciting show about the greatest region in America. We're going to talk books here momentarily in our new feature, By the Book. And later in this hour, we're going to have Ryan Fowler, SEC insider and Crimson Tide insider. He's going to be coming to us from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, home of the University of Alabama. And he'll tell us what's going on at the capstone with the Tide, but also we'll get his take on all things SEC. Thank you for joining us here on this show, All About Dixie. the y'all show we kind of mix it up with music sports politics opinion storytelling a lot of sec and acc football talk and other cooking don't want to leave that part out we'll talk about sweet tea but we'll also from time to time bring on authors of books and we'll focus on southern authors and southern writing and so we're going to introduce this segment that we're going to call by the book b-u-y by the book. And we want to tell you about some brand new books that are, that are out there for you to consider going online and purchasing or going to your favorite local bookstore and purchasing a copy. Our first book is Treeborn. It came out in early June. Treeborn, a novel from Caleb Johnson. 
And this is a book that uh, focuses on Janie Treborn living in an orchard on the edge of Alberta, Alabama. And in time, she has become its keeper. And this is a kind of a, an interesting book, a novel that gives you an, a taste of life in rural Alabama and all that's going on with there. As the world closes in on Alberta, Caleb Johnson's debut novel lifts the veil and offers one last glimpse. I sound like a movie trailer here. Treeborn is a celebration and a reminder of how the past gets mixed up in thoughts of the future of how home is a story as much as a place. So that's a book there to consider from new author Caleb Johnson. It's called Treeborn, a novel. Another book out there written by Paul Kicks, The Saboteur. This is more of, of, of my kind of book. The Saboteur came out a few months back. It's called The Saboteur, The Aristocrat Who, Beca Who Became France's Most Daring Anti-Nazi Commando. So more of a nonfiction offering that you want to check out from Paul Kicks. Another book out there to consider that is very Southern, but also maybe not something some of you would want to read. It's called Southernmost. It's a book that arrived June 5th by Silas House. And in this book, Silas House, I think he's from Tennessee, Tennessee author. It's a novel, and it is about judgment, courage, heartbreak, and change. And House wrestles with the limits of belief and the infinite ways to love. In the aftermath of a flood that washes away much of a small Tennessee town, evangelical preacher Asher Sharp offers shelter to two gay men. In doing so, he starts to see his life anew and risk losing everything, his wife, locked into her religious prejudices. His congregation, which shuns Asher after he delivers a passionate sermon in defense of tolerance, and his young son, Justin, caught in the middle of what turns into a bitter custody battle. So I'm just going to give you a tease. It's a book probably would be controversial in some circles. Southernmost is a tender and affecting book, a mediation on love and its consequences. Written by Silas House, Southernmost, now out on hardcover and available for purchase. And finally, the uh, book that we're going to close with on this edition of Buy the Book, it's called North Mississippi Murder and Mayhem by Christina Stansel. North Mississippi with towns like Tupelo, Oxford, New Albany, and Hernando. Its idyllic rolling hills and deep forest hide a history steeped in blood. America's first serial killers, the Hart Brothers, brutally murdered as many as 50 people at the end of the 1700s before finally meeting their own end on the Natchez Trace. And during Reconstruction, politician William Clark Faulkner, great-grandfather of the author William Faulkner, was shot in the streets of Ripley, Mississippi, by a former business partner after being elected to the state legislature. And, of course, it gets into some civil rights stuff. The Ole Miss riot, Christina Stansel, details the shadowy side of North Mississippi in her new book, North Mississippi, Murder and Mayhem, available now. So those are just a few offerings out there in our Buy the Book edition for this week. If you get a chance, they all sound darn interesting, and there's so many other books that we'll be telling you about here on the Y'all Show, but uh, those are a few that'll get you through this week at least. All right, hang on where you are. A guy that has the book on the SEC, Ryan Fowler, he's going to join us in the next segment and tell you about Alabama 
and he's going to get you probably riled up if you're an enemy of Alabama. You want to stick around for that. I promise you it'll be a, a very good conversation with the, the guy that stirs it up in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, on his daily talk show each and every day, Ryan Fowler. He's our guest next as the Y'all Show with John Rawl continues after the break. I love my family, but last week, mm, not so much. They blew through our shared data again. Then we switched to Boost and got unlimited gigs, plus 20 gigs of mobile hotspot on each line for the whole family <laughs> for a great price. So now I love them all again. We just needed a switch. Switch to Boost and get three lines with unlimited gigs for just $100 a month and 20 gigs of mobile hotspot on each line. Plus, get up to three free phones, all on a super reliable, super fast nationwide network. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 831 First line $100 a month. Lines 2 and 3 are $0 a month. Requires one line to port in. Line includes unlimited talk, text, and data. Video streams optimized at up to 480p+. Music at up to 500 gigabits per second. Gaming at up to 2 megabits per second. Data deprioritization during congestion. Free phones require port in and activation on plans $50 or higher. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Bluestar medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. And we're back on the Y'all Show. John Raw, glad to have you back. If you want to reach out to our program anytime, the way to do that is call one, uh, not not one, call 803 816 803 816-1170. You can catch us on Twitter at Y'all Sports is the way to do that. And we're just getting bigger and bigger every day on the Y'all Show. We're trying to become a dynasty here. The dynasty being that we are the greatest Southern sports and music and food and culture. Just everything you could possibly imagine about the South. That's what y'all the Y'all Show is going to be. A dynasty in the South. Speaking of dynasties, you just heard the Great uh, interviews that we've had on this show this uh, this week thus far, our premiere week. Well, we're now going to turn our attention to college football's dynasty, the Alabama Crimson Tide. In Tuscaloosa, Alabama is where we're going to go. And we're now joined by Ryan Fowler of Tide 102.9, 100.9, the home of Alabama sports. He hosts the afternoon show there in T-Town, and he's kind enough to come on on today's show, a longtime friend of mine to talk a little SEC and Alabama Crimson Tide football. Hey, Ryan, how you doing, sir? 
Hey, it's it's good to talk with you. I, I don't know uh, how we're going to make the Tennessee fans very very happy, and I I know that uh, you know you got a heavy presence there. I think it's been a, if I'm keeping count, it's been three thousand two hundred <laughs> three. Th- no, no, excuse me. I'm sorry. Four thousand two hundred and fifty nine days since the last time the Tennessee Volunteers have beat the Alabama Crimson Tide. But I do think that Jeremy Pruitt's going to have that program, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. I really believe in what Jeremy Pruitt's doing. So I think there's brighter days ahead uh, for the Vol Nation, but uh, just wanted to get that little slap in against those volunteers. And I'm sure they would probably do it to us if they would have beat Alabama you know, every single year since 2006. Well, so, Ron, you bring up a good point. This show is not about Alabama. It's not about Tennessee. It's about all y'all. It's about multiple states in the South and multiple fan bases, not even SEC fans like this show. So I know what you're getting at, Ryan. The point is Alabama and Tennessee have a long history of being rivals. In fact, you're going to really make Auburn fans mad when you probably tell me that beating Tennessee is – maybe even more fulfilling than beating the Plainsman. Well, I think we've always respected Tennessee. You know, when you talk about 26 SEC titles for Alabama, you look at Tennessee, they've won 13 SEC titles. So this program is rich in tradition. And I think Jeremy Pruitt will will take some steps back in the right direction. I don't know if he'll get back to where, you know, they were competing for national titles. I mean, only time will tell. But if you look at Auburn, Coach Bryant really never respected Auburn. He did respect Tennessee, and I think that's passed on from the Alabama fans. You know, when you begin to to look at Tennessee and Alabama, they've had a lot of mutual respect over the course of time. And I know you could go back to Philip Fulmer in the early days, and we could talk about NCAA, but I'd rather just spend time talking about, you know, the, the great moments of these two teams you know, going at it. But really, the, what you said about Auburn is, I, I don't even think we even respect Auburn. Auburn's tradition, I mean, what is Auburn's tradition? It's... Uh, winning the SEC uh, West last year, actually. Oh, you had to... <laughs> yeah, but, but at the end of the day, I mean, what, what is Auburn really known for? To me, they're known more for NCAA sanctions. <laughs> I think they've broken a record. They're known for paying Cam Newton $180,000 to be the quarterback and you know win a national title, an asterisk national title in 2010. So, yes, if you're asking me, do I respect Tennessee more? Yeah, I do. I do. I respect Tennessee more than I do the Auburn Tigers. So, and I know that's a mouthful. Okay. Well, just in case you're wondering, Ryan, kind of, he's 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 a he's an Alabama guy. He is a an Alabama native, just like Jeremy Pruitt. In fact, he's from North Alabama, just like you, right? Oh yeah, we're we're probably uh, matter of fact. Uh, I was at a restaurant the other day with my mother and, and my stepdad, and we were actually in Rainsville, uh, which is you know we speak about food. If you ever go to Rainsville, which Alabama, is on, on Sand Mountain, correct? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's up there close to uh, Fort Payne, and, and it's right there on the Tennessee River, not too far away the Tennessee River. Uh, we were we were going up. I took my mom to unclaimed package up in Scottsboro, <laughs> Alabama. I mean, what I a mean, good son! Like, what a good son! Yeah. So, uh, but but Rainsville is the home of Jeremy Pruitt, and if you ever go there, they got a, they got a place over there 
nicknamed Miss Katie's Catfish. Oh, it's incredible, John. I mean, it, it is incredible place. Okay, and, and you know, do we have to talk football? Can we just talk? No, food? We're, we're all about everything. In fact, we. It sounds like the your show, the game in Tuscaloosa, and this show, y'all needs to do a remote in Rainsville. Yeah, I mean, let's do it. Let's take it on the road. And <laughs> we, we'll learn more about Jeremy Pruitt. But I'm sitting there, and I've got an Alabama shirt on. Believe it or not, and a guy walks up to me and says, "You know, we're pretty proud of that Jeremy Pruitt." And, and think about this. Jeremy Pruitt has made Alabama fans pull a little bit, not a lot, but they're going to pull a little bit for Tennessee. I mean, think about that for a couple of minutes. That they're, Jeremy Pruitt's been able to get some of these people to cross the fence and pull for an Alabama guy trying to, you know, re-energize the Vol Nation. I mean, so it's, you know, it's kind of cool, I guess you could say. It's kind of like, what, two years ago we saw – Tennessee fans pulling for Lane Kiffin when he was at Alabama. Yeah, I don't know if they pulled too much for Lane <laughs> Kiffin. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let that one slide. But, uh, no, I did see where, you know, Lane Kiffin got a lot of mentions as the possibility of, of prior to Jeremy Pruitt that they even was a lot of talk in that state that they wanted – they wanted, there were some fans that wanted Lane Kiffin to come back to Knoxville. I thought that was pretty unique. Yeah. Well, I, I can't get off the phone while we're talking food and Jeremy Pruitt without my Jeremy Pruitt encounter that I had. A few, okay. year, a few years ago, I had breakfast with him in Athens, Georgia. There's a eatery just across the campus. I think it's on Broad Street in downtown Athens, and, and he was there, and a, a, a mutual friend knew him, and we, we had breakfast together. Now, that was when Pruitt was on a quick tour of many college campuses. He had just been at FSU. He went to Georgia, and I guess he ended up at Alabama. to go somewhere in between? No, no, no. He went straight from Georgia to, to Alabama. Okay. I'm just kind of curious. Was that during the football season? It was just before the start. He had just been hired. I think he was only there like a year. He was. Only one year. It was 2015, and the only reason I know that is we went over and smoked him in the <laughs> rain uh, in Alabama. If you remember, now since we're talking about Southern culture of football, remember when Georgia blocked Alabama from coming out of the tunnel? Do you, do you remember this when when the when the players started jumping around and, and they were trying to they were trying to tease Alabama, and, and they blocked them from coming out of the tunnel to to warm up. Well, little did they know that Alabama was going to open up a big can. You know, if I always, if I could give one advice, and this advice is good in Fayetteville, it's good in Oxford, Mississippi, it's good in Starkville, it's good in Auburn, it's good in Knoxville, it's good in Nashville, uh, up in Kentucky. You don't poke the bear. You don't. <laughs> you, you don't poke the sleeping giant. And Georgia found out the hard way. They irritated the Alabama players, and I mean, if you remember, they kind of smoked them in the rain, and it was, you know, it was one of those that I guess Georgia would probably, if they had their way back, then they would probably not do that, not poke as hard, maybe as they did that Saturday afternoon. Folks, you're listening to the Y'all Show. Our special guest right now is Ryan Fowler, and all you Tennessee fans, please direct your hate mail to him, not me, Okay. And he can be found on the Twitter sphere at Ryan C. Fowler. So I, I'm sure you never get negative comments, Ryan. Oh, not at all. I mean, the Tennessee folks, I never really hear from those guys because I don't know how many of them know how to use the Internet. So. <laughs> okay. All right. 
I've got uh, Smokey over here is about to attack me, so I better uh, I better defend Tennessee to some degree. But hey, we're all about the SEC, even Vanderbilt here on this show. And uh, do y'all don't y'all play Vanderbilt this year, Alabama? Let's see. Uh, oh, it was last okay. year. Okay, my producer yeah, tells yeah. me it was last year. Yeah, that was the was it fifty nine or. Okay. Yeah, you're, you're right. Because some folks thought that Alabama might have a tough tough one against the Commodores, but that that wasn't the case. Yeah, don't you remember Vanderbilt started out three and zero, and the guy that stood after the game said, "Alabama, you're next." Don't you remember that? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, he said, "Alabama, you're next," and Alabama came in and smoked them. Yeah. Okay. I knew there was some connection. Now, of course, these two teams, Vandy and Bama, played forever on the schedule, and and because of this addition of A&M and Mizzou, they hardly ever see each other. Not that that's a, a great crime for Alabama fans. But, but I love Vanderbilt saying. I, I mean, there's no better saying in the SEC. Have you ever heard Vanderbilt saying what they tell fans or the opposing team? Have you ever heard it, John? This is, this is the truth because I've heard it with my own ears. You ready? Go for it. That's all right. That's okay. You're going to work for us someday. Well, I've been working a long time, and I well, that's not true. I was about to say I've never worked for a Vanderbilt alum, but I actually did. And, and, yeah. And uh, they were pretty cool, actually. Yeah, so, no, no, they, they are, and I think they they understand their role. I mean, they provide, you know, they raise our GPA in the SEC. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, think about it. I mean, they give us a lot. Of, they play really, really great baseball, and, you know, their basketball court is pretty intimidating. And, you know, we'll see what Derek Mason's able to do, and, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, Vanderbilt's got a lot of tradition. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to give some compliments to them. Don't don't, get, don't ask me to praise Ole Miss. I'm not going to do that, but I'll praise Vanderbilt. Well, you don't have to praise Ole Miss. You're going to praise Mississippi State. You're going to praise Arkansas. I mean, there's some teams in the SEC West that certainly have had some down years. And I guess I'm a little surprised that Dan Mullen left for Florida because he had a – a good thing going in Octibaha County, Mississippi, but he chose to go to the swamp. So what is your take on your fellow SEC West brethren? Besides Auburn, we know where you stand with them. Well, I, I think you got to go back just for a little, little bit and talk about Dan Mullen. I, I think and, and dog fans are going to take this the wrong way, but I think Dan Mullen took them about as far as you could take them. I mean, think about it. I mean, he took them about as far – as you could take Mississippi State. They went to number so, one. They went to number one in his time in Starkville. Yeah, but then they came to Tuscaloosa, and that <laughs> one kind of ended. You know, but Alabama's blocked a lot of teams. Yeah. Having success. But, well, but, let, let, I know you're. it's easy for you to, to, to be sidetracked since you're in the belly of the beast. You're in but, Tuscaloosa. But Alabama really is uh, – and, and Clemson's trying to give you some heat – but Alabama is in a whole other league in college football compared to everybody yeah, else. Yeah, it, it, sometimes it, it's kind of boring a little bit because <laughs> we need the rest of the league to step up, to step up. And Why don't you yeah. step down? Well, I mean, it's not the place of Alabama to step down. <laughs> it, it's, it's really you guys got to pick up the boots and go to work. Okay. You know, quit hitting those golf courses, you know, four days a week and hit the recruiting trail. But – well, let me go back to Mississippi State just for a minute. I'm impressed with Joe Moorhead. Are you? I, I, yeah, I really am. I, I was down in Destin a couple of weeks ago, had a chance to, to get to know him for a few minutes, and, and I think he's going to do 
okay there. I don't know if he can, you know, be able to repeat what Dan Mullen was able to do, but but I really like Joe Moorhead. Now, I, I look at, you know, other coaches, and I'm not trying to go to Arkansas, but Chad Morris has got to show me something. I, I'm not very impressed with that hire. Okay. I, am impri- I am impressed with Jimbo Fisher, Texas, say them. I think that's a good hire. Uh, and, and when you look at Luke at Ole Miss, I think that's really very similar to a Mike Shula hire. Okay. It's just to try to get them through the rough days. It's to try to get them through the sanctions and then begin to rebuild that program. Good. Now that we got all that out of the way, what about Coach O? Well, now, I will say this. I really like Coach O's. Like, if there was one guy that I would love to set out on the back of a porch <laughs> and have a big glass of sweet tea with, it would be Coach O. Like, I mean, how can anybody or, or anybody disagree with that? I mean, that big Cajun accent that he's got, it's hard to understand him. It reminds me of Cookie Monster. I don't know what I could. I don't know what I could understand of what he's trying to say. But I promise you, I would do my best to at least try. I would attempt to try to talk with with Coach O, and you know he might go, you know, you know that's what he sounds. Yeah. I mean, he sounds identical to that right there. But you know, I think he's got bigger problems than just sitting on the porch and having a glass of sweet tea with me. He's got to find a way to, to get to eight, nine, ten wins because – That's not going to be enough, Ryan. He's going to have to win like 12. They they want LSU on the same level as Alabama. Well, I want to drive a Lamborghini too, but I'm in a, you know, a Toyota Tundra. I mean, it's not, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I love my Tundra. I love my Tundra. But, but I mean, you know, hey, one hand, crap in the other. See which one – Fills up faster. I mean, LSU is not going to get back to, you know, where Les Miles had him and Nick Saban had him when when you look at double-digit wins. Look at this division, John. I mean, mean, think about this, okay? Help me, okay? Let's look out five years. Five years. Not current day. So let's go, I guess that would be, what would that be, 2022, 2023? Five years from now, let's talk about programs and their pecking order in the SEC West. All right, so let's leave Alabama at the top. Will everybody agree leave Alabama at the top? Is that fair, John? Uh, Whatever. This is your crimson world, so whatever you want to say. Okay. All right, so didn't we go number two? And I think we debate this. You know, is it Texas A&M? Because we talk about more money than who? I mean, who has more money than Texas A&M, John? You're a financial guy. Who, who has more money in this league than Texas A&M? I mean, let's not forget that you're, you're – I think you're telling me what I already know. They have more money than Alabama, right? Well, they, they have a ton of cash. Okay. And when we talk about – you know, I mean, listen, you stop and you get gas, you're contributing to Texas A&M. <laughs> I mean, like, like the SEC fan, if you're in Tennessee, if you're an Alabama guy, you stop and get gas – you might as well take a contribution to sit at the college station. I mean, that's how they get oil is because of the engineers at Texas A&M. And you look at that program. So if you're if you're buying gasoline, you're making a contribution to Texas A&M. I mean, they spent $450 million 
on a new or, or refurbishing Kyle Field. They spent $75 million on a coach, a national championship winning coach that was just tired and wore out his welcome uh, there in Tallahassee in, in Florida State. Jimbo Fisher, and they hired him to do what? They hired him to take down or, or compete, not take down, but compete with Nick Saban. $75 million deal. Now, they didn't, they didn't invest all that money to win seven or eight games like Kevin Sumlin was giving them. They invested all that money to win double digits. So if you're asking me this pecking order, I think it's Alabama. I think it's a future, and I'm talking about five years out. I think it's Texas A&M. And then the debate starts. Is it Auburn? Is it LSU? Because I think you could flip either one of those. Depends on, you know, if they're believing what's happening down in Lee County or if they're not believing. And so then you, you also, who follows that up? You know, right now, Mississippi State says, hey, we're ahead of Ole Miss. Ole Miss would say, no, no, we're not going to give it up. We'll be back in five years. And then here comes Arkansas's role. So when you back up and you look at the toughest division in all of college football, it, it is everything goes through Tuscaloosa. I, I don't know if that's fair, but it but it's what's happening. Hmm. Look at it right now. That's what it is, you know, in, in the world that we live in. Now, will that change if Nick Saban – I don't think it's going to happen, but other fans across the country, they want this guy out of here, right? They want to get that guy. Get him out of here. Go on, go on. You know, take him away. Impeach. Uh, impeach Saban. We need to start a, a, a movement. Okay. <laughs> you can lead what, what, it. Oh, you're talking about impeach Saban? Oh, it's not going to happen. I mean, <laughs> this, this guy can write his own check down here. I mean, I, I mean – yeah, and, and, you know, here's the thing that's really crazy when you talk about Alabama is look at what he's done this year when we talk about recruiting. You know, if anybody don't look now, but go to your favorite website, whether that would be Rivals or 247 Sports or ESPN, and go look at the latest recruiting rankings of where Nick Saban has taken recruiting class. I mean, he's back at number one, and as we always like to say, He's out by a country, you know, in y'all country, it is by a country, it's by a country mile, right? Well, Nick Saban is out by a country mile. John, just a trivia question. Do you know who's number two in recruiting rankings in the country, not the SEC, in the country? Uh, you know, I, I know the answer, but I can't tell you because I want to do what they call a cliffhanger. Okay. I can't I can't handle much more of this without taking a timeout. So, no, 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 no. Texas saying no, 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 no. I'm putting you on on mute. We'll get the answer from you in just a second. We got to take a break. We we got to go wash our hands for just a minute of all this Alabama homerism and how great Saban is. Actually, I know he's great. Okay, uh, <laughs> you, you can't argue with the facts. Alabama is a dynasty right now, and we'll we'll uh, all come back and and Ryan will hit us with more facts and more wisdom as we return with Ryan Fowler. On the Y'all Show, we'll get his take on this year's edition of Alabama football, what to expect from the Crimson Tide come September. You're listening to the Y'all Show. We'll be right back.
Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirror bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I feel like a whole new person. Disclaimer, you will not become a whole new person. This is impossible. You might be able to join a gym or diet program, buy a new wardrobe, get hair implants, but your DNA and physical form will remain the same. GEICO waives any and all liability if you attempt to become a new person, except a cyborg. If you choose to become a half-human, half-cybernetic organism with lasers for eyes, the GEICO legal team would be cool with that because, quote, laser eyes are pretty sweet. Pew, 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 end quote. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, the great sound of the Million Dollar Band from the University of Alabama. Yay, Alabama. Welcome back to the Y'all Show here, broadcasting on great stations across the South. I'm John Rawl, and joined now by my longtime friend, Ryan Fowler, the host of the game on Tide 102.9, 100.9. You can find that station in Tuscaloosa, and you can also find it on your smartphone. Listen in to him each and every afternoon as he breaks down SEC and Alabama football. A great job there in T-Town. And Ryan on Twitter can be found at, at Ryan C. Fowler. So, Ryan, before we went to break, you posed a trivia question. For any of those who missed it, go ahead and repeat that question to me that you were asking. All right, so we talk about Alabama being out front in the y'all country by a country mile, right? I'll just repeat that. Alabama is at the, you know, familiar area of number one in in recruiting, okay? But number two in the whole entire college football landscape, number two is Texas A&M. Now, let's go back to what we just talked about seven or eight minutes ago. We talked about... Who's going to compete for that number two spot in the SEC? And I said it's Missouri. Missouri. No, no, no. I'm talking about the SEC West. Uh, I'm talking about SEC West. Okay. It's going to be. It's going to be. It's going to be Texas A&M. And I I really believe that. I really believe that Texas A&M is going to push for that number two spot. And And you look at recruiting right now. We're talking about in year number one in Jimbo Fisher. He's not even been there, what, five months? And he's already at number two in college football. This guy's going to do some damage in that league. He's going to get his players. There's enough in that 
state to go around. We're talking about, I mean, think about it, think about it. We, you know, we 350 kids out of that state signed day one scholarships every single year. He's going to get his share. So Texas A&M, the catalyst for any win total at a university always goes back to recruiting. That is the catalyst for any program. You give me the best players, I can win you football games. Jimbo Fisher knows that, and he'll look at it. He's going out, he's putting Texas A&M somewhere they've never been, and that's up at the top of the recruitings. And, and even in conversation of being, you know, one of those in recruiting, in what he's able to do there. Repeat that last sentence, if you will. No, I think what he's able to do is, is pretty incredible. He, he, look at what he's able to do compete with the best of college football in year number one and have a chance to finish in that conversation as one of the best recruiting classes. I don't want to make you have to lower your standards too much, but what can you tell us in a, in a brief synopsis of what you expect from the SEC East this year? Well, I want to see what Dan Mullen does in year number one. He's got a lot of starters returning in Gainesville. He's got a lot of talent. Uh, if he can find a way – you know, to get that quarterback position to perform. And, and if you look at Dan Mullen, he's always been able to take the quarterback and get what he kind of wants out of, out of his quarterback. Okay. okay. He did it at Mississippi State. But is that going to be enough to push the boys at Athens? Kirby Smart has built something pretty quick. I don't know if he's going to be able to sustain it, but we'll see. I think right now you'd be an idiot not to pick anybody but Georgia to win the SEC East. But I also think that Dan Mullen will put some pressure on him. You know, let's go back to that 2022 conversation we were having. I think this is going to become a flip-flop with Georgia and Florida every single year. Like that largest outdoor cocktail party (laughs) in Jacksonville, Florida, it it may be the battle for who's going to have the leg up in the SEC East conversation you know, with a privilege to go to Atlanta, maybe play the Crimson. I don't know. And you mean lose to the Crimson Tide? Well, yeah, right. I mean, you get the privilege of going, and you know, it's 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 a tease, right? You think you're <laughs> going to win, and you know, they bring off a backup quarterback, and you know, here he goes throwing forty something yards, and they complete the second and twenty six play, right? Yeah, just yeah. Everybody had that one drawn up. All right, uh, what about Will Muschamp, South Carolina? A lot of people think that he can give Georgia some run for the money. No, no, I mean, it's South Carolina, for God's sakes. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I mean, Steve Spurrier, let's go back to Dan Mullen. I mean, how far can you take South Carolina? I I mean, what, seven, eight wins? Didn't South Carolina beat Alabama last time they played? I do believe they did. Oh, I mean. 2010, I mean, Lord, how mercy. That was back when we were still learning how to win. You know, he won a championship 2009 and really a better team when we talk about 2010 than 2009, but they lost so many games and it started there in South Carolina. I mean, they, they kind of stopped that back-to-back, you know, dynasty trip there. And, and they, let, they let Auburn win the championship that year. I guess so. Yeah, so, <laughs> right. We, we wanted to, you know, we want to, we don't want to win it every single year. Yeah. I mean, we want to at least pretend and, you know, maybe come through the back door every now and then. Yeah. 
All right, what about Kentucky, Mizzou, anything to say about those guys? Vandy, any any chance that they will be – is Kentucky going to get off the schneid and, and beat Florida ever? Well, the good thing about Kentucky is when you get to football season, you only have a couple more months till basketball season. So that's the best thing about football in the bluegrass state, right? I mean, you, you know what I mean? I mean, you uh, if you're a big blue nation fan and the big blue – I mean, those, those, those fans are as – you know, is passionate about their sport, but I mean, let, let's back up just for a minute, right? I mean, it, when when you're when you're there in that state, it's basketball. It's it's similar here, you know, in Tuscaloosa. You know, if I mentioned basketball right now, man, I'm 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 run out of town. Uh, but you know, you back up just for a couple of minutes, and you, you you begin to think about the Big Blue Nation. You know, it's basketball guys up there. You know, there's some great people up there that cover that. I, I don't really know enough about basketball to really, you know, have a <laughs> – You sound like depth. a true Alabama guy, I tell you. Yeah. And I, I mean, we're, we're football gums, man. And I want to see Kentucky football do better. But, my goodness, right when they you think that, that they may have crossed the threshold and become somewhat legitimate, lo and behold, do you know what happened last year to Kentucky football? Because I do. Help me. They renamed – Commonwealth Stadium, Kroger Field. Did you know that? Kroger Field, like after the grocery store? <laughs> exactly. They're named after a grocery store now. Well, I mean, that tells you. <laughs> hey, you know what? Here's what would really make you upset is if you probably looked that up. You know, the sad thing is there's money coming out of that football program that just funds the basketball, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about it. Okay, I mean, flip, flip it around. You, would you ever see Kentucky renaming Rupp Arena? Uh, probably not, but I Never. don't. I'm just, you know, I, I'm wanting to give them some credibility, and then all of a sudden they 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 rename a pretty good name stadium, Commonwealth Stadium, to uh, a grocery store's name. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so that tells you how much football really matters. <laughs> Uh, in, in that state, I mean, you know, it's it's a and it's not it's even a, a state; it's a commonwealth. There you go. Uh, okay, Ryan. Before we let you go, I know you've got more important things than to uh, continue to bash thirteen SEC schools. Tell me about Alabama specifically. What uh, what's the latest, greatest information going on within the Tide program here in the month of June? Well, I mean, the debate that we're having here in Tuscaloosa, and we did on my show, and we'll continue to do this is really it's not about beating the rest of the league it's by how much you know is it three <laughs> okay is it is it three touchdowns is it two uh, is it four you know and now listen it, i'm just teasing i'm just I'm it sounds like fun. alabama is becoming the hillary clinton of college football well no we don't lie as much as hillary so okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I, she was going to win the election, and she should have won the election by most people's hey, guess. Hey, speak, speaking of that, I was thinking about this about a, uh, about an hour ago. And you know, I, listen, I know I'm 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 traveling today and and heading down to New Orleans. You want to talk some Cajun food? But anyway, um, and I was thinking about this. Wouldn't I die for the video when they walked in and told her that she had lost the election? Wouldn't that be like one video that you would love to see? Like, I mean, listen, I know we're not going to go politics here, but wouldn't you just love to have seen the video when they went in and told her 
that that she had lost the election. Oh, I, I would pay a good bounty to see that video because word is that she got down in the uh, in the in the floor and just wallered around, as we'd like to say in the South. Well, I was I was told that video existed, except someone took it and acid washed it. Ah, uh, oh, you know, I think there was some. I think I have heard some things. Didn't she? <laughs> wasn't that all about acid washing and emails and yeah. and, and and all of those? But yeah. anyway, anyway, but to go back to Alabama, we, we don't want to talk about Hillary. No, we don't. But I was just you're, you're starting to sound like a Hillary campaign person who just knew they had it in the bag. It was and it was. It was clearly obvious that she should have oh, won. Sure. But but then yeah, right. they got bit in the butt. Maybe that'll happen in Alabama. So what what are you saying? If we lose, do you want me to get in the on the ground like Hillary did, just <laughs> roll back and forth, back and forth? I mean, is is that what you want me to do? I mean, is that what you're saying? Um, you know, maybe I'll come out and hey, can we blame the Russians if Alabama doesn't win the, the national title? I mean, can we just blame them darn Russians? I knew they had a problem with it. We'll get everybody at CNN and MSNBC and. Fox News, and we'll just cover the Russians and why they didn't want Alabama to win. But anyway, um, I, I go back to uh, a conversation here. When you look at Alabama, I know it's all about Tua Tungvaloa and Jalen Hurts. I get that. That's the big one. But I go back to the conversation. Does it really matter? Like, I, I'm going to tell you, Tua Tungvaloa, and I've been saying that for the last couple of, uh, well, I mean, last 15 months i've said that jalen hurts was second best quarterback on this team and everybody saw that in the national championship game but we look at tua tonga valoa for just a couple of minutes here and and, and we think about what he's going to be able to do with this offense but with this schedule i don't know if it really matters and i'm being serious with that this schedule really sets up very favorable for alabama so I had Phil Steele on, which is a long-respected analyst and a guy that understands odds and all these different things. He told me that he thought Alabama would be a double-digit favorite, at least a double-digit favorite in every one of their games going into, you know, the 2018 season. So we'll even, see if that – Even against the mighty Citadel Bulldogs? Well, you know, I know you've got some – uh, bias there against those guys, but you know I, I don't expect too much <laughs> as we tune up for the Auburn Tigers there in November. But we'll respect those guys. Those are those guys have produced some pretty good leaders for our country. But I don't know how big they'll be able to lead against the Crimson Tide in Bryant Denny Stadium. Well, that will be a game in the last. Uh, is is the Iron Bowl this year? Where is it? T Town or Auburn? it's here? No, no, it's here. Okay, yeah, it's here. Okay, so that'll be a, a game. Late November, of course, the Alabama Crimson Tide this year. A uh, lot of expectations for them to repeat. Uh, do you know the odds in Vegas for their re repetition as national champs? Who, Alabama? Yeah. Oh, it, it's their heavy favorite. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it changes daily, but Alabama, last time I saw, I don't even think you get even money. I think you got to put more money to, to, you know, like in other words, you put up 200 to win maybe a hundred or something like that. So yeah, it's, it's heavily. And I think it goes back with the experts that we've spoken to, you know, it really goes back to that schedule. Yeah. That schedule is very favorable for Alabama and read it off. I mean, look at it. You know, it's, it's a lot of 
you know, they don't have the non-conference schedule like Florida State to open up the season last year. You know, we thought that was going to be a, you know, big game. Now it's the guy that was not very good at riding motorcycles out in uh, Walmart country. Uh, What's his name? Petrino. Yeah, there you go. I knew he'd come around, but uh, he was not very good at riding motorcycles. We'll see if he's any better at coaching. Yeah, Alabama and Louisville season opener is going to be down in Orlando against the Louisville Cardinals on Saturday, September 1st. The home opener at Bryant-Denny Stadium is going to be against the Arkansas State Red Wolf Indians, and that's going to be September 8th. SEC opener for the Tide is going to be on the road at Vault Hemingway Stadium against the Mississippi Landshark Black Bear Rebels. And then uh, they wrap up the year, as you talked about earlier, at home against Auburn. November 24th, and then if all goes well, they'll be in the SEC championship and possibly back into the college football playoff. Ryan Fowler has been our guest on today's Y'all Show with our SEC Insight and Crimson Tide Insight. And, Ryan, I can't thank you enough for coming on and and alienating 99% of the fan bases out there listening to this program. I, I just stopped in the state of Mississippi, okay, and I just got gasoline. I'm headed to New Orleans. The only place in the world do I still see a sign here in Mississippi. It says, no shoes, no shirt, no service. Please, (laughs) please remove hoods and sunglasses before entering for your safety. (laughs) Only in Mississippi, my brother, only in Mississippi. But, hey, I'm glad to be on uh, Roll Tide to all those folks across the SEC country, and we'll talk again very, very soon. Thank you again, John, for right. having me on the show. And you know, We'll get serious when we get closer to football, okay. but I, I do like to have fun. I like to have fun a little bit when we talk you know, SEC football. Well, you are the uh, defending national champ, and you've got a heck of a radio show there in T-Town. So, at Ryan C. Fowler on Twitter. Ryan, thank you, and have a good cruise, and we'll catch up with you when you get back to the good old USA. Hey, thank you, guys. You guys have a great day. All right, Ryan Fowler. Well, that is the end of today's Y'all Show. I want to thank uh, Mr. Fowler for coming on. And also, in Hour 1, we spotlighted Beaufort, North Carolina, and the Old Homes Tour coming up this weekend. And I want to thank Patricia Suggs for coming on to discuss that. We'll be back at it tomorrow, Friday, with our Friday edition of Y'all. And we'll talk a little college baseball as the guys in Omaha are kind of kind of get things wrapped up here in the next few days with the national champion to be crowned. And we'll also get you ready for the weekend with our weekend sports primer, some professional sports going on as well. We'll tell you about some movies with a Southern twist that you don't want to miss. And we're going to pay tribute each and every Friday here on the y'all show to David Lee Murphy. Yes. The country music singer who gave us such hits as party crowd and dust in the bottle, dust on the bottle rather. Believe it or not, he's got the number one song in country music this week. A guy that's been off the charts for 20 years is number one, thanks to a country music star, by the way, that's uh, teamed up with him. So we'll have all that on the Friday edition of the Y'all Show. John Rawl signing off. Everybody have a great rest of your day. We'll see you tomorrow.
my family. But last week, mm, not so much. They blew through our shared data again. Then we switched to Boost and got unlimited gigs, plus 20 gigs of mobile hotspot on each line for the whole family. <laughs> for a great price. So now I love them all again. We just needed a switch. Switch to Boost and get three lines with unlimited gigs for just $100 a month and 20 gigs of mobile hotspot on each line. Plus get up to three free phones, all on a super reliable, super fast nationwide network. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 831.18. First lines $100 a month. Lines 2 and 3 are $0 a month. Requires one line to port in. Line includes unlimited talk, text, and data. Video streams optimized at up to 480p+. Music at up to 500 gigabits per second. Gaming at up to 2 megabits per second. Data deprioritization during congestion. Three phones require port in and activation on plans $50 or higher. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details.